Now, I am truly a sucker for a good plot twist in a movie, okay? I live for those parts of a movie where I am watching it and then something goes and I go, gasp, I did not see that coming, oh my goodness. And I live for that moment. I absolutely love a good plot twist. Like, um, you know, I might ruin this for you, but you're kind of a little older, so I hope you've seen this. Um, did you guys know the mayor in Zootopia was behind all the attacks? Plot twist, are you kidding me? Who saw that one coming? You're lying if you put your hand up, okay? No way, that was just a sweet little old woman. Or, I don't know if you've seen this one, okay? How Doc Hudson in Cars is actually a race car driver too. Are you kidding me? I let, spoiler, I'm sorry Tanner, okay? I'm sorry, but man, I love a good plot twist. Are you kidding me? I have goosebumps. Chills every time. That movie changed my life. I know like the Lord changed my life, but that movie as well changed. That changed my life, okay? I am a sucker for a good plot twist. Like, okay, one more. I just have to tell you. Y'all ever seen a Hallmark movie? These have the best plot twists known to man, okay? Because you find a distressed businesswoman who has just gotten her heart broken and then she books a trip to a small mountain town like Rifle and she goes to find herself again and there's the hotel manager that she meets. But plot twist, he's not just the hotel manager. He actually owns all the hotels and he's actually a billionaire and he helps her discover who she really is and they fall in love and then they have billionaire babies. I love a good plot twist, okay? And y'all are lying if you say that you do not love a good plot twist because they make everything better. But the Bible is also full of plot twists after plot twists. Like I don't know if you've heard of this guy, Jesus, plot twist, savior of the world. Crazy, okay? Plot twist, uh, Moses, there was a guy named Moses in the Bible who nobody really saw him as a leader. Plot twist, he led an entire people group out of slavery. Incredible, okay? Uh, a man named David, his entire life. If you don't believe me, read the Bible, okay? It's insane. And God does it with a man named Joseph. Now, Joseph is somebody we find in the Bible, and I really like Joseph. And now, Joseph is uh, the youngest brother of 12, Pray for them, okay? And they lived in a town called Canaan, and already Joseph's life was off to a rocky start as it was publicly made known by his father to all of his brothers that he is indeed the favorite and the most loved out of all of them. Genesis 37 says Jacob, which is Joseph's dad, loved Joseph more than any of his other children because Joseph had been born to him in his old age. So one day, Jacob had a special gift made for Joseph, a beautiful robe. But his brothers hated Joseph because their father loved him more than the rest of them. They couldn't even say a kind word to him. So now, Joseph is not only loved more by the rest of his brothers, and that's already publicly made known. His dad's like, oh, look, son, I've made you the most beautiful and delicate robe ever. Here, wear it in front of all of your brothers. Now his brothers go on to hate him even more. And I mean, I can't really blame them for the way that they feel because imagine if you had your annoying little sister who was loved and favored more by your parents and she got the brand new gaming console that you have been wanting. You'd be a little mad about it too, 
okay? But our story gets a little bit worse. You see, Joseph gathers up a family meeting, and he's like, hey, yo, fam, come here. I've had some dreams, and I got to tell you about them. And Joseph goes on to describe these dreams, that it really it means all of his brothers are going to start bowing down to him. And then it gets worse, because the next day, Joseph's like, hey, more family gathering. I've had more dreams. But now not just my brothers are going to bow down. Now it will be my whole family that will bow down. This made his brothers hate him even more. They told him, what now? You'll be king or something? Do you actually think you will reign over us? Eye rolls from the entire family. Now his brothers by this point are done, okay? They have had enough of Joseph and they are thinking of ways that maybe they could shut him up. And so fast forward a little bit, Joseph is going out to the fields to check on his brothers and to check on their sheep. And his brothers see him coming and they're all like whispering and talking to each other. And they say, oh, here comes the dreamer. Come on, let's kill him. And let's throw him into one of these cisterns. We can tell our father, a wild animal has eaten him. Then we'll see what becomes of his dreams. I get like not liking your siblings, but this seems, this is a little far, if you ask me. Too far, okay? And But luckily for Joseph, another one of his brothers speak up and he's like, hey, whoa, whoa, guys, too far, too far, too far. Maybe let's just sell him as a slave. That's a great idea. And so they're like, okay, you're right. We can't actually kill him. Dad's gonna be pissed at us. We'll just sell him as a slave. So they sell him and they make some money off of Joseph and then they take his beloved little rain jacket and they dump it into goat's blood and they take it back to their dad, and their dad is heartbroken thinking that his beloved Joseph has just been eaten by a wild animal. Now remember, we love a good plot twist, and it's coming, just not for a while. He is then bought by a man named Potiphar, and Potiphar is the officer to King Pharaoh. He's like the captain palace guard, pretty big deal, and this is the home that Joseph was bought into. But Genesis 39 says, the Lord was with Joseph. So he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and he realized that the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything that he did. This pleased Potiphar. So soon he made Joseph his personal attendant. He put him in charge of his entire household and everything that he owned. Plot twist. He was hated so much by his brothers, he was sold into slavery, but then the Lord caused him to succeed in everything that he's done now to become in charge of Potiphar's house. The Lord is starting to redeem and starting to show us that he is redeeming the parts of Joseph's life that were terrible. Now the Bible describes Joseph as a pretty good looking man, okay? Probably like 11 out of 10. And it wasn't long until until Potiphar's wife noticed and was like, oh, hello, Joseph, you again. Wow, sleep with me. It's in the Bible, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> Ask my boss, y'all just looked at me like I said a naughty word, okay? And she, she was like, Joseph, sleep with me. I'm a beautiful woman, she probably wasn't, she was probably terrible looking. And Joseph was like, listen, no, you're married. And also, I respect Potiphar, right? He, he made me in charge of his house. I would never do that to him. So Potiphar's wife felt a little bit of rejection. 
This is a whole other sermon. And she goes to Potiphar and she lies to him and she says, Joseph took advantage of me. I know. And then Potiphar believes his wife and the verse goes on in Genesis to say, but the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. See, Potiphar took his wife's word and threw him into prison. And then it goes on to say, and the Lord made Joseph a favorite with the prison warden. Before long, the warden put Joseph in charge of all the other prisoners over everything that happened in the prison. The warden had no more worries because Joseph took care of everything. The Lord was with him and caused him to succeed. Plot twist. Thrown into prison, but again, the Lord causes Joseph to succeed. The Lord is again showing us he is redeeming these broken parts of Joseph's life. He is redeeming them and he is giving Joseph something better. And he is using it for his glory. Now remember the dreams that Joseph had as a kid. These were actually a gift from God. Joseph being able to interpret dreams. And he started to interpret the dreams of the king. And so he moves from prison into the kingdom, from prison to a palace, from being bottom of the barrel to now being second in command. Again, we see God redeeming what Joseph had lost. We see God redeeming the broken parts of Joseph's life. Now, I can't imagine what Joseph was feeling in this moment after the whirlwind he had been gone through, right? Through years, he was hated by his brothers, He was sold as a slave. He was accused of doing terrible things. And now he is second in command to the king. And I just wonder, did Joseph know that God could really redeem his broken past? Could God really use this story for his glory? It goes on that Joseph interpreted a dream to the king about a seven-year famine. And what that is, is that it would mean for seven years, nobody would have food. And so Joseph tells the king about this dream. They get everything together. They have plenty of food. They start stocking up so they are ready for the famine. And you see, Joseph's dad had heard that there was plenty of food over in Egypt, so he sent 10 of his brothers to go over there. And as the brothers approached, Joseph noticed them, but the brothers didn't recognize them. And now I can't even imagine how much emotion Joseph was like feeling in this moment because he hasn't seen his brothers in over a decade now. They don't know what he has been through. They didn't even know he's alive. Joseph doesn't know what his family's gone through. He doesn't know if his dad's still alive. He doesn't know any of this. So Joseph is kind of a little mad at them and he doesn't tell them who he is, but he throws them in prison for three days. And then he has time to cool down to think about it. He brings them out of prison and he tells them, it's me, I'm your brother and I choose to forgive you. Again, the Lord redeemed Joseph, but now it was with his relationship with his brothers, and he chose to forgive them. Now, Joseph's life was full of plot twists after plot twists, and what I love most is how good our God is throughout all of Joseph's story, because every sucky thing that Joseph had faced, every low that Joseph had faced, God redeemed it. God gave him something better. God caused him to succeed. And I wonder how many times the Lord has done this for us as well. How many times we face something so low and how many times we face something so hard and so sucky and the Lord has actually redeemed it. Maybe we've just missed it. 
And I had a pretty, I had a pretty easy childhood growing up. And one thing that I love that I have learned from Joseph's story is that if the Lord can redeem Joseph and his life and everything that he faced, then the Lord can redeem everything that I faced. And although Joseph's story and my story are two very different stories, it is still the same God redeeming both. The same God. So I had a pretty easy childhood growing up. I grew up in a Christian home where we, we had to go to church. I knew that Jesus came to save me. I had two loving parents that were present, that were married. I had pretty okay siblings. They're all right. I love them a lot, but they kind of sucked. And uh, I grew up, and, and then I find myself just bad relationship after bad relationship. And I find myself seeking out bad friendships, seeking out bad dating relationships, just bad in general, to the point that I started to live two different lives. I had the life at church. I had my youth group life. I had the life where I'd show up, and I was pretty nice, and I was kind, and I would make friends, and I'd be down here in worship, and I'd raise my hands, and I'd listen to when Pastor Jail was preaching, and I felt like I was, I was a pretty decent person. But then I had my life outside of church. And I lived the life where I stole, where I cheated, where I was a terrible person, where I did horrible things, where I would find myself on weekends doing really bad things. And so I would live this double life. And now I started my first job at Chick-fil-A when I was 15. Whoop, praise the Lord. Okay, that place is good. And I met somebody who I thought was going to be the absolute love of my life. Only um, I wasn't allowed to date so we dated, and uh, we dated for a little bit over two years, and I was convinced that I was going to marry this boy. Now, he was a year older than me, and so a couple years later, he graduates, and I did not. I was still in high school, and uh, this boy was not a believer. He didn't even believe in marriage. He didn't believe in God. He didn't believe in anything that I believed in, and, and I would find myself being in this relationship just being a completely different person. And I would find myself skipping out on church. I'd find myself skipping out on my relationship with God. I would find myself living as that second person who I was outside of church, where I was making bad choices, where I was falling into temptation, where I was going too far with things. And I didn't like me. And plot twist, he left for college. We tried to make it work, but we ended up breaking up and I was completely heartbroken. And as I look back now, I can see through Joseph's life, I can see, yes, God redeemed him after every low he faced, God gave him something better. And I remember feeling in this moment, but God, I don't feel that. I'm heartbroken, nobody knows about it. I, I don't like the choices that I've made, I don't like who I've become, and I need to know that you are the same God that redeemed Joseph. I need to know that God as well. So shortly after that, Pastor JL and Pastor Sarah asked me if I would join a small group of some young adult women that they had. And I was pretty reluctant and I joined and they ended up being the best thing that ever happened to me. And I was in this group for a couple of years and it was in that group that these were a group of girls who pushed me to know the Lord more, who pushed me, man, to chase after Jesus again. And they were girls that spoke into me that, hey, Britt, God doesn't see you the way that you see you. He sees you as somebody who's redeemed. He sees you as somebody who's worthy. He sees you 
not as somebody who's covered in your mistakes, but he sees you as redeemed and perfect. And so I joined this group. I love this group of girls. And I started to see, man, God wants to use this story for his glory. God wants to use this breakup. God wants to use this relationship. God wants to use this time in my life where I was far away from him for his glory. And God's doing that right now. I then graduated high school and I left for a missions group called YWAM, which is Youth with a Mission. And I spent six months in Australia working with uh, women stuck in human trafficking and I got to teach them about Jesus. I got to teach them that, hey, we serve a God that redeems, that if he can do it for somebody in the Bible, he can do it for you. And so I got to take all of this yuck and all of the things I didn't like about myself and all of the stuff that I did growing up that I wasn't proud of, and I got to tell it to these women. And I got to say, God's redeeming me, and God can redeem you. And then a couple Weeks later, I was only home for just a little bit after I got back from YWAM, and I was just home enough to pack up my bags and actually head back to Australia for another two years where I was going to staff that school that I had just come from. And then Pastor Sarah sat me down, and she said, you know, we really want you to pray about interning here at the church. And I was like, yeah, that's great and all, but I already have my plans in motion. I mean, I, y'all, I didn't even pray about going back to Australia. I was just like, that's a good thing. It must be from God. Just because something's a good thing doesn't mean that's the thing God wants you to do. He wants you to stop, to pray about it, and to ask him, God, what do you really want me to do? I canceled my flight back to Australia, and I ended up interning here. Meanwhile, while I was in Australia, some things had happened, and my parents were having problems. You see, they hid it from my siblings and I for years and years until it all just kind of boiled up and over and it became one giant mess. And my siblings and I were caught right in the middle of it. And after 29 years, my parents called it quits and they got a divorce and it was one of the nasty divorces I've ever seen and that I would, ever, I would never wish that on my worst enemy. And it, this divorce caused me to question again, okay, <laughs> Where is that God that redeems? Where is that God that causes plot twist after plot twist? Where is that God that is going to give me something better? Because right now, I'm not feeling it. And I was asking questions, feeling maybe like the same way Joseph did. After all of the trials that he faced and after all of the trials that I faced, yet they weren't the same, but we were still asking the same God. And it was the same God that was still understanding and it was the same God that was still redeeming. Now, I didn't talk to my mom for over a year as we were trying to rebuild this relationship. And for every hard thing I went through, for every low that I went through, I finally started to see my God redeeming and my God giving me something better than what I was facing. In the midst of all of this, I ended up getting hired at the church, which was like my calling, what I, what I was praying for, and that happened. The Lord redeemed something bad that had happened and gave me something better. My mom, my relationship with my mom got better, redeemed, while my relationship with my dad started tanking. And it became so broken that it felt like it wasn't able to repair anymore. And all while this was happening, I was also just really wrestling with, 
the thought of marriage and what marriage meant and did I even want to be married? Was being married, like if I found somebody to marry, was it going to end how my parents' marriage ended? And, And I just had all of these questions and I just didn't want it. And then I met a boy and the Lord showed me again how he redeems and how he makes it better. And now this man loved me and he pursued the Lord and he was with me even in times where I was questioning, is marriage something that I even want? And he was patiently waiting and patiently praying and plot twist, we ended up getting married and the Lord redeemed yet again. And that leads me to where I am today. I still have a broken relationship with my dad. Everything is still not perfect. My mom and I still fight constantly and I'm even a grown up out of the house. And it's not perfect. But if there's anything that I know and anything that I have learned, it is that the Lord loves to redeem his kids. And the Lord loves to use our stories for his glory. Ephesians 1.7 says, in him we have redemption. In God, we have redemption. God takes what is broken in our lives and uses it for good, for every heartbreak I felt, for every low that I faced, for every, for every just problem that I was put in that wasn't even my own doing, part of it was mine. For all of that, God redeemed it. And God used it for his glory. And he did it for Joseph, and he did it for me. Lamentations 3 says, yes, you came when I called. You told me, do not fear Lord, you have come to my defense. You have redeemed my life. Even in the midst of the suckiest parts of life, in the midst of the lowest lows that you will face and the hardest things that you will face, God is still redeeming you. God is still using it for his glory. And God still has your back. He says, your story's not over yet. It's just a bump in the road. Let me redeem it and let me give you something better. If you're feeling depressed, God wants to redeem it and give you joy. If you're feeling worried, maybe about a test coming up, maybe about a band recital, God wants to redeem it, give you a plot twist, and give you peace. If you're facing a breakup, God wants to redeem it and give you something good. When we face the hardest parts of our life, when we face the lowest lows that we will ever face, God is like, yo, I'm still here. I'm still going to redeem it. I'm still going to use it for my glory. But then I think maybe there's some of us in this room who go, yeah, but I haven't seen that yet. And maybe I don't even know this God that redeems. I don't even know this Jesus that has redeemed your story and Joseph's story. I don't know him personally. So how do I know if he can redeem? How do I know if God's got my back when I don't even have a relationship with him? And I just feel like if you're in this room, if you're even new, if it's only been a couple times that you've been here, it's not an accident that you're here, but God wants to show you that he wants to redeem your story. And maybe you don't know him yet. And maybe Jesus is just somebody that you've heard us talk about. And maybe Jesus, he isn't real yet to you, but he wants to become real to you tonight. Because if God can redeem everybody's story in the Bible, If God can redeem Pastor Madeline and Pastor Sean and Pastor Joe and Pastor JL's stories, and he can redeem mine, then he can redeem yours. And he wants to give you the plot twist 
that he's been waiting on the other side to give you. And so I just wanna go ahead and invite everybody's heads to bow and everybody's eyes to close. It's not a silly time. It's not a time right now to talk to our friends. But it's a time that maybe if you're like, I don't know Jesus yet. I don't have a relationship with this guy that you say can redeem my past. Because right now I'm stuck feeling yuck and I'm stuck feeling gross and I'm stuck feeling like a mistake and I'm stuck feeling like a failure. One guy takes away all of that. Jesus isn't just somebody we talk about. Jesus is real. And he redeems your past and he gives you a future. He gives you something good. He gives you a home forever in heaven when you call on him. And I just wanna invite those of us who maybe don't know Jesus yet, who maybe don't know that he's real, who maybe don't know that he redeems yet. I just wanna invite and give you a chance to know him tonight. Because if you knew Jesus, then you know hope. If you knew Jesus, then you know redemption. He is the ultimate sign of redemption. And so with every head bowed and every eye closed, I just want you guys to repeat this prayer with me. And we're gonna ask Jesus to come into our heart. We're gonna ask him to redeem us. We're gonna ask him, yeah, give me hope. Give me a home forever in heaven, Jesus. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I want you just to repeat after me. Just say, dear Jesus, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I mess up. I'm sorry I'm not perfect. I'm sorry I make mistakes, but I need you. And I ask that you would just forgive me of all my sins, of all my mistakes, of all the things I've done that I'm not too proud of. And I ask that you would give me a home forever in heaven. And I ask that you would redeem me. Redeem the parts where I've been wrong, where I've been low, where I've had the hardest times of my life. And show me your plot twist. Show me your goodness. Show me the better, and I choose to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you've never done that before, if you've never prayed that prayer asking Jesus to come into your heart and you did that tonight, I wanna just encourage you to tell one of us pastors, to tell one of the volunteers here tonight, because that's the biggest decision you could ever make in your life. And you just went from broken to whole, and you just went from helpless to whole and you just went to redeemed. And God is giving you a plot twist. So if you ever feel like there's something that is so hard that I'm facing that there's no way I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, there's no way God's like, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm redeeming your past. I'm redeeming the things that you faced and I'm gonna give you something better. So let me pray over you guys just one more time before we close. Jesus, we just love you so much. And I thank you for each and every one of these kids in this room. And God, I pray that not just tonight, but every night, every day, we would just choose you. 
and we would remember, man, you are the one that redeems my past. You are the one that gives me the plot twist that I didn't even know that I needed. You are my hope. You are my future. And so, Lord, I pray that each and every one of them would just begin to trust you in that. That maybe if they haven't seen it, they would just get to experience you. And they would get to experience how you truly redeem. We love you so much. And it's in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center Podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640, you can check us out on social media and at our website, 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.